Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're back in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, and we're in uh, going to be starting chapter 15 today. McGee says that this is probably one of the most uh, uh, important chapters in the Bible. He says that um, throughout uh, the, the ages, people have been making lists of what they thought were the most important uh, chapters in the Bible, and he says that 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is always in in that top 10 list. So we'll see um, what it, as we study through it. But the, it's important because it's talking about the resurrection of Christ. If you don't have the resurrection of Christ from the dead, nothing else matters. And so this is talking about the resurrection of Christ from the dead. McGee says it's more important, the resurrection of Christ from the dead is more important than Christ's death on the cross. You know, you... We always talk about the death on the cross, but it's the resurrection from the dead is what's important. Not that he died, but that he rose. And so that's the critical thing here. And uh, at the time, uh, McGee is um, um, saying that there was probably three schools of thought about death at the time in the Roman world. There was Stoicism and Epicureanism and uh, Platonism. Stoicism, um, and I might not get these exactly right, but Stoicism is that the soul would merge into the deity at death, okay? And we weren't talking about the body at all. So so that's Stoicism. The soul kind of moves on. Epicureanism is a more materialistic view in that there's no existence beyond death. In other words, this is it, Epicureanism. And then Platonism is sort of this immortality of the soul, uh, sort of like transmigration. The soul kind of moves on to new levels, uh, and it denied bodily resurrection. But Christianity was saying something different. Christianity was saying your body is raised from the dead. The word resurrection means standing up of the corpse. 
So that's what it means. Resurrection of Christ, the standing up of Christ's dead body. So that would go against all these other, you know, philosophies, the Stoicism people, the Epicureans, and then the Platonisms. This says that there is a miracle far beyond what um, we can come up with. And it's almost like it it uh it almost like calls out all these man made religions because these man made religions uh it's all about, you know, the soul, there's nothing about the body. And um Christianity says no, the body will be resurrected also. And so uh that's with what we start. We're just doing verses one through eight today. That's our schedule. So we'll start off uh, chapter 15, verse 1. It's talking about a miracle. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So we are talking about the gospel. The gospel message of Christ that you received, and it has nothing to do with what you did. You didn't work for it. You just received it. You stand on it. You don't have to stand on anything else. You stand on this gospel message that you had nothing to do with, and that saves you. You don't save yourself. You don't work for this gospel, and you don't depend on anything else other than this gospel. And you don't let go of this gospel. All right? And you believe with all your heart you trust in this gospel. That's how precious this gospel is. There's nothing else that you can work for to get. There's nothing else for you to trust on, to stand on. There's nothing else that will save you. There's nothing else worth holding on to. And there's no other truth to believe in. It is this gospel message of Christ. There's nothing else in your life that matters other than this gospel. Now, verse 3, 4, I delivered, you received it, I delivered to you, okay, it's kind of, uh, Paul is sort of explaining this message. You received it, I delivered, had nothing to do with anything you worked for. To you as a first importance, what I also received. Okay, so this is talking about how we get the gospel. You don't work for it. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. And was buried. 
and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, who was Peter, and then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, although some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, that's Jesus' brother, and then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. So Paul is laying the groundwork. He's laying the facts that the way they received the gospel message was that he gave it to them. But he got the gospel message. It is a message that he received from Christ. It's nothing to do with him. The gospel message has nothing to do with any believer. The gospel message will be given to somebody what they received from somebody else. That is the gospel message. The gospel message has nothing to do with the believer. It is just something given and something received. That's it. What is the gospel? Well, it's that Christ died. He died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Scripture points to it from Genesis onward. And the stories of the Old Testament point to Christ. Psalms 22 points to Christ. Isaiah 53 points to Christ. In Genesis, where Abraham was getting ready to sacrifice Isaac, his only begotten son, points to Christ. All these things throughout Scripture points to Christ. So, It's according to the scriptures that he was buried. McGee says he likes that he was buried because they still had the body. They saw the body. They knew it was him. That he was raised on the third day. It was three days later. It wasn't like he was in some kind of a coma and then just woke up momentarily. It was three days in a tomb, dead, confirmed dead with a spear poked through him. And then look at all the people who saw him. Peter, the twelve, more than 500 others, James, his brother, apostles, Paul. So these are the facts and these are the witnesses. And McGee says in any court of law with that many witnesses, you got your case proved. So that's where we're going to stop. We are laying the groundwork for the incredible gospel message of Christ that we received freely. So, we'll stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your study on this, this wonderful uh, study today. Um, And as always, from me to all of you, keep your 
hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll see you next time tomorrow as we continue our study through uh, 1 Corinthians 15. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. Hello, so today's teaching is coming from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning at verse 1 all the way through to verse 8. So Paul is coming in this to the third great spirituality. So in the first part of um, the divisions that we divided this book, Paul dealt with carnalities, that's the things that are so important to us and back then to the Corinthians. These were things of the world, things such as dress, divisions of the church, sex, food, court issues where you had one church member suing another. So these were the things that these people were engaged in. And these were trivial things, the carnal things, the things of the world. So today, unfortunately, the church has left out the spiritualities. The church is dealing with carnalities, the gossip, the party spirit. So the fruits of the gifts of the spirit are, you know, it's something that's thrilling. How thrilling it is to actually have and discover these gifts today and let the Holy Spirit use them in us to glorify God and unify us. So these gifts are to be exercised in love, as Paul said, which is a fruit of the Spirit. So one of the fruits of the Spirit is love. So, you know, we we need the fruit above everything else, even above the gifts. Not that the gifts are not important to have. They are important to have, but they are to be exercised in love, which is one of the fruits of the Spirit. So the third great spirituality that we come Two is the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we'll, you know, dwell in this for a bit. So that is first, we have the unifying spirit, and second, we have the law of love and our resurrection. The glory of the Christian faith is that it never views life as ending. That's the glory of the Christian life. So life doesn't end at death. You know, it's not ending with death. It's always looking to eternity and it offers hope. That's the whole point. That's um, the resurrection. So it gives us that hope. So this gives purpose to life and to expect to actually live in eternity. That's the whole point of the resurrection. To give us um, that hope. So down here is where we actually do our service. It's uh, preparation. So what we do here will actually have to do with our reward that we'll get. So the resurrection of the Lord gives us hope to the believer today. So this gives purpose to life. Let's not lose sight of essentials today, the essentials. So this chapter deals with the gospel and it shows that the most important part of the gospel is the resurrection of Christ. Without it, 
all else is meaningless. So the resurrection of Christ gives us purpose, gives us meaning to life. It offers us hope. So the Lord Jesus Christ was delivered for our offenses and raised for our justification or righteousness. So in his death, he subtracted our sin. And in his resurrection, he gave us a sure, abandoned entrance into heaven. And we stand in his righteousness. So, again, I say it. The resurrection gives one meaning, purpose, and hope. So we should note that the resurrection is not spiritual. It's actually physical. So our bodies will be raised and we'll see Paul define what he means by resurrection. So the resurrection is, in scripture, always refers to the body. Anatosis. So that's the standing up. And then histomi, stand up. So that's ana, meaning up. The standing up of the body. It can't be spiritual. So in this chapter, we have two divisions, like so. The first division, that's the prominence of the resurrection are in the gospel. And the second division is proof of the resurrection. So we have four proofs, rather proofs of the resurrection. So there's four proofs of the resurrection is what we actually have here. So Paul says here that it's part of the gospel and there is no gospel without the resurrection. So the gospel is a series of facts concerning a person, and that person is Christ. So scripture reads, verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received, and in which you stand. So this actually answers the question of whether Paul is the one who originated the gospel. So he did not. He said, I received this. And he received it in the Arabian desert because that's where the Lord took him and taught him. And he didn't know the Lord Jesus Christ was back from the dead. So he didn't believe it on the Damascus road. And he asked the question, who art thou, Lord? So Paul says he preached the gospel to them and what is that gospel that he actually preached to them. So we have that in verse 2. goes on to read, By which you also are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you be, unless you believed in vain. Verse 3 goes on to read, For I delivered to you first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, verse 4, and that he was buried and that he rose again and the third day according to the scripture. So there is something that's actually important. You know, the great truth, the great proof rather, is that it's part of the gospel. So there is no gospel without the resurrection like I've said earlier, and it concerns the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So he died for our sin. He was buried. He rose again the third day. And those are the facts. So there is no gospel apart from these facts. This is the gospel. What Jesus did for us. That is the gospel. Okay, so the first proof is that Jesus died, buried, rose again. So this is the gospel. The second proof is the experience of the Corinthians in verse 1 and 2. That is, unless it was empty faith. But he says, by which you are saved in the church is the proof of it. Yeah, um... So the church, sorry, and the church is actually the proof of the resurrection. Christ dying and he formed his church. So the apostles were scattered and they were 11 of them who were in enough trouble already. As if Jesus Christ was, and if Jesus Christ was dead, they probably wanted his body to stay buried in the grave. So these men were scattered they were discouraged, they were scared, and wanted to actually just go back to their fishing lives. And when word came out, um, that the Lord Jesus Christ was back from the dead, and, the, you know, this changed it all. It changed the church. And for over 1,900 years, there has been millions of people that say he's back from the dead all these were witnesses so the church can't be explained apart from the resurrection the church you know goes together the resurrection so there's no gospel without the resurrection so we are saved by the death and resurrection of the lord jesus christ without his resurrection we would have no gospel or a living Christ or a savior. So this is the second great proof. And then there's the third great proof. And this is it says in it says in verse three and four um of chapter fifteen it says for I delivered you for I delivered to you first uh, of all that which I also received that Christ died for our sins according to scripture and that he was buried and that he rose again and the third day according to the scripture. Okay, so these are the Old Testament scriptures and he was actually wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and he was buried for our justification your righteousness so all we are like sheep have gone astray and have turned everyone to his wicked way and the lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all so this was the fulfillment of scripture so the expectation of the old testament the life is this life is not all the fourth and this life is actually just not all you know this life eternal this life beyond death here on earth so the fourth proof that we 
can't hear of the resurrection are the witnesses and you can't get around witnesses even in court if you have like a lot of witnesses you just can't get around them verse 5 goes on to read he appeared to Cephas privately when they are all put together because Cephas doubted and then when they all put together and Paul joined them Paul joined them and then you have 12 verse 6 goes on to read after that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once um, of let me just read that again after that he was seen by over 500 people at once of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. So here we have proof. That's the fourth proof. That's the 500 who saw him at one time. In verse 7 goes on to read, After that he was seen by James, then by all the apostles verse 8 then last of all he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time so paul says he saw him and these are um so these are the witnesses and paul has given as four proofs at the beginning of the resurrection and we have these four proofs so the first being that jesus died buried rose again and this is the gospel the second proof is the experience of the corinthians um that is that's you know in verse one and two that is unless it was an empty faith but we say, um, sorry, yes, yeah, so, so we're given actually the second proof, which is the experience of the Corinthians, that's in verse 1 and 2 of chapter 15, that is, unless it was empty faith, but we say, by which you are saved in the church, is a proof of it so the second proof and then the third proof is it says you know verse four three and four these are the old testament scriptures which was wounded for um he was actually wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities and then we have the fourth great proof here and that we have here um, are the witnesses. So the four great pieces that we have here, what we have here are the witnesses. And you can't get around witnesses. So those are the four great truths of resurrection. All right. Thank you for listening in, everyone. God bless you all. Have a pleasant Tuesday. Bye-bye.